Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. It is November 22nd, 2023, the night before Thanksgiving. I hope everybody's home relaxing in front of a warm fire if it's cool where you are. And maybe you're even making pies. That's usually what I do the night before Thanksgiving. Well, PK, how are you doing tonight? Absolutely fabulous. I just left participating in a wedding, and it feels good to see two very happy people start a new beginning of their world. That's great. Yeah. And you officiated, right? You officiated at this wedding? Oh, my gosh. I did. Haven't done it in 26 years. (laughs) Ah. Well, then they're off to a great... Start, that's for sure. Wow. Well, Excellent. I'd like to think so. <laughs> if not, so I'd joyous. Turn in my <laughs> <laughs> but it's a beautiful, yes. beautiful weather for a change. It's perfect. Oh, that's I'm so good. wonderful. Good omen. So, what do you have for us? What do we well, got going on? We've, we've got we, we have to the late part of November. Them. What's going yeah. on? This is this is the time of ending old things. Take whatever you don't want to tote with you any longer and release it and let it go. Because this is the best time. What we've been carrying throughout this year or some years before. Take a look at what it is you no longer want to have available to pull you down. There's so many nice things that we have available to us and we keep taking these little shortcuts. But think in terms, this is a month of ending old issues. Dwell on what you want to. Think of putting it in the backpack. If you go out the door, drive down the road, drop the window, throw it out, and let it go once and for all. We've got so many new things coming, and so much is going to be available to us. But if we keep dragging this old stuff with us, we're never going to step out into the light. And if you take a look at What's been going on all year? It's been building things up. So this is the point that we no longer have to hold on to what was. Clear the air. Take that deep breath. Let yourself be cleansed and cleared so that you can start working on what's going to really be the best of what's coming starting the first of next month. That's not very far away. And we've hung on to so many old things, and we keep trying to build up something new. not going to happen if we keep letting ourselves be pulled down. So from now on, from the rest of this year, think totally in terms of building up, going forward, releasing, letting go, and having the best opportunities to, for fortune, for family, for relationships. Think only in the positive. I always tell my clients, as you drive down the road with this big bag, bag next to you, Drop the window and visualize yourself throwing out the window this bag. You don't care where it goes. Just put taking it home with you. I think it'll make us all happier. Oh, God, yes. No, it's a good thought. I like it. I like it. And, yeah, it's a great way to think as we come to the end of the year because that's not Mm -hmm. very far away at all. The way time is moving so quickly, it is coming up fast. So thank you for for sharing all of that. And tonight we have a great guest, and we've been wanting to yes, get this lady on the show. Yes. And she's got a new book. And it's just, she's an amazing tarot reader. But she has another way of presenting work with tarot that we're very excited to hear about. 
So our guest tonight is Julia Gordon Vramer. Now, Julia is a professional tarot card reader, award-winning writer, and poet. She's a Sylvia Plath scholar, former professor for the graduate writing program at Lindenwood University, and host of the radio show, videocast, podcast, Mystic Fix. She has appeared on MTV, Nickelodeon, and many television and radio shows to share her tarot talents and scholarship. Recognized as one of St. Louis's top ten psychics, Psychic St. Louis and St. Louis Best Fortune Teller, CBS Radio. She is the author of several books, including Fixed Stars, Govern a Life, Decoding Sylvia Plath, now she lives in St. Louis, Missouri, and she's got a new book out, and it's called Tarot Life Lessons, Living Wisdom from the Major Arcana. Well, Julia, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. Nice to be here. Oh, it's great okay. to have you. Now, what got you into tarot? How did this become your passion? Oh, goodness. Um, so I found my first deck of tarot cards at age 16. I was, uh, I wrote about this story in Tarot Life Lessons. It's actually the very first story matched with the Fool card. I, I match every story in the book. Um, and, and I should say, right, right off the bat, these are, are stories in my book. These are real-life client stories. This is not another tarot book on how to read tarot. It's, it's more like um, the life of a professional tarot card reader and the situations and people that I have come across and that, that sort of thing. So I can talk more about that. But, um, but my story is matched with the Fool card. So it is chapter zero because the Fool card is the number zero. And I talk about wandering into a mall on a hot summer day and just needing a place to cool off. And I was about 16 and this was in the 1970s. And I went into a magic shop and you know magic shops are not uh of the 70s they they weren't like these new age shops we have today where we can buy crystals and books and and palo santo and sage you know it's um more uh they they were gag gifts and they were uh tricks like you know that magicians would use or rabbits out of hats and sponge balls and those sort of things and I, I always found them very interesting as a kid, and I was wandering through this one, and this uh, very worldly young woman, she was maybe four or five years older than me, but she seemed to have all the wisdom of the universe, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and she motioned to me, and she said, do you want to see some real magic? And she pulled out this deck of tarot cards. And I was in love from the get-go. It was, I just thought they were the coolest, most beautiful things I'd ever seen. Uh, put down all my babysitting money on the spot and, um, and brought them home. And uh, spent the, really the rest of my life learning about tarot and all of, the, all of the things tarot embodies. Because tarot embodies a lot of other uh, occult sciences it's it's in line it, it it's under the the umbrella of of the Kabbalah tree of life and uh and all the tarot cards fit on different paths and stations of the Kabbalah so i've i've spent decades studying Kabbalah um studying astrology and astronomy which are part of the tarot studying mythology, which is part of it, numerology, which is part of it. Uh, there's many different um, occult sciences sort of uh, woven into these, these pictures and symbols on a tarot card. Mm-hmm. Well, how yeah. long did it take you? I, I know it took you years to become a master at this, but how long did it take you before you felt comfortable with the deck of cards that you had and you wanted to, you felt you could read from them? Yeah, well, you know, I, I got to say, because I was a kid, I was just comfortable from the get-go, <laughs> you know, and I had my little, I, I had my little white booklet that, that comes in, in the box, you know, and we in the tarot circles call them LWBs, and, um, and I learned from that, and I, 
actually believe that that is maybe the best way to learn because instead of having these long descriptions of what each card can mean, it just has a few short words. And so mm-hmm. really it trained me right away to trust on my intuition. I, I got the general gist of a card, but then my intuition led me to going deeper. Um, and and that was around the same time in my life that I, I wrote in the book. I'm, I'm not sure which happened first, whether it was tarot or my psychic abilities kind of coming to fruition, but that was around the same time in my life that I began to have premonitions. And so oh. I, uh, I, you know, I, and I wrote about my, my first premonition that I, I'll never forget. I was driving my little sister to the mall. I had my brand new driver's license and I um, had this, this daydream, you know, sort of a waking vision of a crow on the side of the road with a broken wing. And I remember thinking, why did I think of that? And then about five minutes later, I saw exactly what I had dreamed or, or visioned. And, uh, and I remember just being stunned. And these things began to happen more and more frequently as I got older, sometimes in my actual sleeping dreams, but uh, very often in what I'd call daydreams or visions. And it was... Um, just to me, you know, I, I don't think I had any control over it. I couldn't, I couldn't summon it at will back then. But uh, I think it was sort of my psychic muscles flexing and developing. And, uh, and it's my belief, you know, I, I think we're all psychic to certain degrees and it's teaching ourselves to pay attention. Um, I think all children are, are crazy magical. And it's not until we get to be more self-conscious, usually around our teens, that we sort of shut that down. And, of course, our family and, and social circumstances, you know, can affect how, uh, how young we, we close down. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it doesn't make sense to many people, and so there is a self-consciousness about it. Um, for me, you know, I, I guess I embraced being the weird kid a little bit and um and i had so i had my my deck of cards and i read for my friends and i just used my little booklet for many many years and that was good enough and um and i was astounding my friends even (laughs) at a young age so (laughs) so you know obviously it doesn't look real professional to have to refer to to paperwork and uh you know and 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 I dropped it much later in life but um but it was a great way to learn and i have yeah. um i i I don't poo poo if somebody wants to go back and forth between a, a guidebook and and the cards um you know I think that's great, and it's a great way to learn. The only thing that I would tell you about that is that um you know when we're intuition really the biggest enemy of intuition is being afraid to be wrong. And so when you've got the guidebook, you're sort of like always right, you know, but you're not really using your intuition with the guidebook. Right, exactly. So it's, it's a way to learn the, the basic meanings, but it isn't leaning into your real powers here. Do you feel the cards speak to you? Because it's much more than interpretation at the level that you're at. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say the cards speak to me. I mean, they all have a lot of wisdom embodied within them. But I would say, you know, I, I believe it's spirit. It, it's whether you want to call it God or source or energy. Uh, you know, when I sit down with a new client, I explain to them that I can read their cards because we're connected. Um, I believe we're connected just by being alive, and I call that life force God. I, I don't tell people how to do God, what to call God. That's that's your business. You could just assume, say, Gaia or the force or goddess or, you know. Um, I don't think it matters. I, I don't think God has an ego to care about these things. And yeah. um, and and so I, I just believe I'm channeling something higher. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Now... Did this run in your family, other generations in your family? Did they have the gift? 
If it did, they sure didn't tell me about it. <laughs> um, my, my grandmother, my grandmother Sylvia, on my uh, dad's side, um, his mother, um, she used to say that she had an intuition, but but she didn't have tarot cards or anything like that. So, uh, as far as I know, I, I'm the first one in the family to uh, to use any sort of, you know, certainly to be a professional <laughs> in any sort of supernatural right. or occult science. And uh, and I don't know anyone in my family who, who used tarot or or had premonitions or any of that. Okay, so, so you, you are know, the first. Got Yeah, got you know, it, so, so don't let people, you know, if people feel like, oh, well, I couldn't have it because I'm not born into it, uh, you, it's got to start somewhere. <laughs> Exactly, yeah, it does. It does. It, there are some people that have a long lineage with all kinds of things, but there are others like you that are the first. So good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank and you. they didn't try to discourage you. No, you know, um, I had a, I had a a youth that was a little bit different, and honestly, I was doing my own thing, and people really didn't know much about what I was doing <laughs> as a teenager. <laughs> um, my my mother had, uh, my, my, my father had left our family and my mother was raising two little babies and working a full-time job and oh had God. her mother at home and I was gone at a really young age. So, uh, so there was, you know, I dropped in, <laughs> I, I know that. but uh but no, it it really wasn't like that where they knew what I was even doing, uh, much less studying or reading. And and I don't think they would have minded. Um, I I do talk about in the book. I grew up in the Episcopal Church, and I really got a lot of my spiritual background from that church, uh, St. James in, in Potomac, Maryland. And I um and, and it was a very charismatic church, which. I didn't know, you know, it was normal to me, but I didn't know until I was an adult, really, and talking to other people that it was very unusual for an Episcopal church to uh, be teaching me things like meditation and automatic writing, and there were people oh there who goodness. spoke in tongues, and wow. so it was it was very spiritual, and I think it was an excellent training ground for me, and I was big into Bible study, honestly still am. I think there's so much wisdom in the Bible. I think people grossly misinterpret the Bible and take it for, for literal uh, truth, you know, all the time when, when it's really meant to be symbolic and metaphor, like, like so much of, of spirituality. Um, but uh, it was a great part of my life and an important part of my life. And uh, and as I got older, you know, I got maybe into some of the other things. I began to study Buddhism and the Tao, and today I'm a teacher of A Course in Miracles. And I, um, yeah, I love really all religions. I When I was a professor at Lindenwood, I taught humanities for a while, and I really enjoyed all of the religious sections there. And, um, you know, I, I could just study that forever because I, I feel like when you study religion, you really learn how much more alike we all are and our roots kind of all coming, you know, from similar places. And, you know, at least for the major religions, uh, they all stem from, you know, this Abrahamic kind of root. And, um, and there's a lot of beauty to be found in, in all of them. And I, I think people pick you know, their their favorite brand. And so, you know, which has <laughs> yeah. the has the ceremonies and the rituals that feel comfortable and speak to them. And um, you know, and even some dogma that, that feels more in, in line with with who they are. But um I'm sort of a cafeteria plan <laughs> as far as religion goes. And I, I like that. That's great, uh, but but I don't knock any of it. I I really enjoy the subject and and I, and philosophy as well, and I could speak on hours and hours on it. And so I I, I won't take you too tangentially in that direction, but um, but yeah. Um, so it's all it's all formed me, and it and and it's all fed into my tarot. And I really think that all of that wisdom 
has made me a different kind of a tarot card reader because I can look at a card and the symbolism and I can be reminded of a saying by Buddha or a teaching by A Course in Miracles or something from the Bible and I'll pull it all out and my clients usually appreciate it and uh, and it, it just helps to give sort of a real world application which getting back to my book Tarot Life Lessons it's all in there um, you know when I sat down to write this book um, which first of all came out of my journals um, I the working title was the Tarot Diaries because I wrote it initially I, initially, I recorded each story just for myself, and I really didn't think that anything was going to happen with it, but I wanted to remember which cards I pulled for certain situations and how I was feeling and how I processed, because I'm learning and growing along with my clients. And, you know, I, I stress to to potential readers, I am not presenting myself as a guru sitting on the mountaintop giving you all the answers to life. Um, I'm showing myself as very much a human being with my insecurities and my ego sometimes and my um, fears sometimes showing up and, uh, you know, and, and, and just everything that a normal human being encounters in, in some rather strange situations. Um, the book has, you know, I, I've seen all kinds of things. Some of, many of my clients, I'd like to say even most of my clients, uh, certainly the ones I've written about, I fell in love with a little bit because, you know, this, these are human experiences. And so whether you're dealing with a, a widow who was taken by a scam artist on Facebook or whether you're dealing with, someone with severe drug and alcohol problems or whether you're dealing with uh, someone who has never known love their entire lives or whether you're dealing with uh, a mercy killing or, I mean, there's everything there. There's somebody who was trying to impersonate me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> there's some, some really interesting stories. And... Um, you know, and even even the death of a child, and finding a way, you know, for me to give my clients comfort and peace and the answers that they need, and it can be a lot of pressure. And I wanna I wanna be a tool. You know, I I talk often to my clients and and even on some of these shows that. Every day I, I begin my day asking God to let me be a channel of love and light in this dark time. And that's my goal, you know, and that's what, before I do any tarot card readings, I usually have a time of prayer and meditation. And uh, even if it's very, very short, to just sort of tune in with that person. And uh, and, and that's my goal, to, to give them the message that they most need to hear and um, and sometimes they don't want to hear it, by the way. I mean, sometimes it's an oh, uncomfortable yeah. message. Very but, true, um, very true. Yeah, I get that with addicts a lot. You know, a lot of times an addict wants me to fix their lives, but they don't want to give up their addiction. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> well. Yeah. Well, yeah, it can be challenging, I'm sure. Well, I, we want to get into the actual transformational aspect of tarot because it's so powerful. And as we were discussing before we got on the air, that it's a lot of things that you never hear about from other readers or read about mm -hmm. in their books. But first, I see we have a question from someone in the audience. So let me see what they would like to know. Uh, this is from area code. This person's from area code 216. So hang on a second. Hi, you're live on the air. What's your name? Hello. Okay. We're going to put you back on. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> we, we, can, we can return and see if they got back to their uh, their phone in time, but before we end the show. But anyways, so yeah, let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about 
the transformational aspect of working with these cards? What can happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, you know, it, it's funny that when you were giving me my, my little bio there, my introduction, um, that CBS radio calls me St. Louis's number one fortune teller. And I kind of cringe at that just a little bit because <laughs> tarot is so much more than fortune telling. Yeah. But, but of course, people think that it's only fortune telling unless a lot of people misunderstand tarot and think that I'm summoning demons or, or working with a Ouija board or something like there can be lots of misunderstandings around it. But, um, but tarot is a transformational tool and the psychologist Carl Jung used it with his patients and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and Jung, Jung called it the, the process of individuation um, you may have read about Joseph Campbell and his hero's journey. And the yes. idea is that everyone has these stages in life in their development on the way to self-actualization. Now, some people never get there. You know, some people just decide, yep, this is good enough. You know, I'm going to hang around two or three <laughs> and never make right. it to 21. <laughs> but, um, exactly. but there are, from from the fool card, number zero, to the world card, number 21, um, there are all of these stages. And some of them are around real basic life things like, like parenting and going to work and, you know, getting educated, uh, finding your talents, uh, falling in love, um, getting older, <laughs> you know. And then we yeah. have crisis points. Almost everybody... Uh, it's pretty hard to avoid some kind of trauma. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, a Vanderbilt or um, or living under a bridge. You know, there's you're you're going to have trauma in your life. Some people have more than others, of course. Uh, we all process it differently, but um, but there's a tarot card for all of these things. And mm-hmm. so when I'm reading, you know, uh, your path, if I'm reading for you, Patricia. And uh, and I put some cards down, and it's going to reflect kind of your mindset currently, uh, where you're headed, where you've come from. You know, um, uh, we can we can get guidance for you if you wanted advice on something. If we see something coming up that you don't like, uh, it's an opportunity to do it differently. It's a heads up. But I believe that you know I'm reading what you already know on a higher subconscious level, and I'm mirroring it back to you. Mhm. Wonderful. That one deck is better than another to read because I, there's so many out there today. I know way back there in the are. beginning was the real deck, the right reader, and there's so yeah. much out there today. It gets frustrating, and others have asked me about it, and I really don't know how to invest their the information to them other than say what draws you to a specific thing. Other yeah, than that, yeah. Well, I I do believe that you know if you want to learn tarot, start with a Rider Waite deck or or what I um, I prefer just a variation of that called the Universal Weight, which I just like the coloring better, honestly. But but uh, you know that deck was made by the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn at the turn of the century. <laughs> it was it was designed in perfect alignment. Well. I, that I can't say perfect, and I could talk about that, but that'll take 20 minutes. We don't need. But it was designed in alignment <laughs> with the Kabbalah, <laughs> uh-huh. so they matched they matched it up to the Kabbalah tree of life, and uh, and they incorporated all of these these symbols and and everything, just as I mentioned earlier. And so that is really the the foundation that so many decks. Are, are modeled after. So other artists kind of have done their take on it, but if it's a rider weight based deck, um, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to read from if you're familiar with the rider weight. Um, now, if you are, I mean, I collect many, I, I don't even know how many hundreds of decks I have, but, wow. um, but there are there are just some that are just for artistic value, and sometimes they've gone off in other directions and have have cards have more cards than the seventy eight cards or 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 fewer cards than the seventy eight cards in the traditional deck. Um, 
some car some decks are you know very closely uh they have all the all the major symbolism of the rider weight um and then others have just a few kind of key symbols mm-hmm. uh you know so it sort of just depends but i say the rider weight or universal weight is the very best to learn from and then when you're comfortable with that then you can pick up another deck and what I find a lot when I'm reading for my clients is I may be using a different deck, and I'll, but I remember the Rider Waite card, and I say, let me show you that card over here because it illustrates it exactly right. And um, mm-hmm. one of my favorites to do that with is the Nine of Swords because the Nine of Swords is such a sad-looking card with this woman, and she's crying in her bedroom in the dark, and there are these Nine Swords behind her. But I love to point out that none of those swords are attacking her and that swords in the tarot are our thoughts. You know, like we say someone is sharp, you know. So so she's turned away from her thoughts. She doesn't want to look at what's right there in front of her. And you'll see on the picture that she's actually warm and cozy in a bed. She even has a comforter. So... You know, the idea of that card, while it can look very scary, it's really saying your material world is fine, but you're in denial. You know, you're repressing something. And so oh. that's an example of the the artist Pamela Coleman-Smith, who, who worked with Rider and Rider Waite to, to do this. Um, it's just exactly right. And, you know, I can I can look at many other depictions of nine of swords and some of them are are wonderful but they're not that and that is that card and that symbolism just embodies to me everything i want my clients to know that it's not as terrible as it seems and you're bringing it on yourself because you're not facing your hard stuff and you know it's kind of comes down to that (laughs) that's right so yeah they so it's a it's a beautiful deck so yes. tell us some some of your experiences with your clients because obviously through the, all these years you've read for all kinds of people and tell us some of the ones that obviously you don't reveal their names but um, some of the readings that stand out to you. Well, that's what my whole book is is the readings that stand out to me. So you know um, after I tell my first story about myself and how I came around here. Um, my uh, the chapter one, the magician card, um, is about uh, you know the magician in reverse in the tarot deck is the con artist or the trickster, and this is about a lonely widow who fell in love with a scam artist on Facebook, and mm. um, you know I did my very best to protect her uh, to the <clears throat> point that she was becoming angry with me, <laughs> and, uh, and he. He ended up uh, taking quite a, well, her retirement pretty much. But I, uh, I don't want to give it all away. Uh, but that's, that's an example of one story in there. Um, the next story I have around the high priestess is uh, a story of um, back in the days of MySpace. I used to be in a poetry group on MySpace. And I got to be very close with a group of poets. And we had these MySpace parties around the United States where we would all get on a plane and meet up somewhere. And, you know, we loved each other. <laughs> we, we were tight. And, um, but but it, was, it was a party. And some of these people were heavy partiers. And so, you know, the high priestess is about intuition and, you know, just solely operating on that level. And I learned through working with some of these heavy partiers, first of all, um, really how to channel my readings, but also uh, there's there's one scene where this drunk guy grabs my tarot cards and says, now I'm going to give you a reading. And, uh, oh. and he puts some cards down very haphazardly, but, you know, he gave me a decent reading. And, huh. and, and that was a real lesson in intuition that, See, it isn't about knowing all the facts about what this card means and that card means. He was he was riffing off the pictures and he was 
because he was drunk, he didn't have any <laughs> opinions. On, you know, he didn't care if he came off wrong. And he was he was open, you know. He was totally open. So... <laughs> So that was that was fun. Um, you know, further into the book, um, I have uh, around the death card. I have a visit to a nursing home, and boy, um, usually the death card does not represent death. Usually, it's a card of transformation and saying the old life is behind you, but we're in a whole new life. Um, however. I wrote it different in this. I, I actually made it about death because I was reading for the residents of this nursing home who were in there for the rest of their days, you know. And, um, right. and it was, yeah, and it was really a mix of emotions for me. And, and in some cases I was became very attached to some of these people. And in some cases I was like, Oh my gosh, this person's crazy. Get me away, <laughs> you know. And, um, and and you know, as I said, you're going to see me kind of process everything with with boundaries and um, all the feelings, you know, anger and love and sadness, and uh, because that's me, <laughs> I'm I'm very empathic. Um, you know, some of the other stories, I've I've got a gambling addict. Um, who, who, um, you know, was was in um, just some big trouble financially with the casinos. Um, I had somebody, uh, as as I had said, who uh, did a mercy killing, um, mm. which uh, I, I did read that story, um, which is up on YouTube. That story and a story around the lovers card uh, I read at my book release party, and you can. Find them on YouTube and hear me reading, hear and see me reading them, and uh, that might be fun if you want to get a sample of like you know what this book feels like and uh, and, and what some of these stories are about. Um, just every everything in between, um, you know. I've I've got what I would call a frenemy, you know, some somebody who is like real sweet and polite, but but kind of a bitch, you know. <laughs> And uh, and very Horrible. very <laughs> confrontational. <laughs> um, and uh, oh, I'm sorry. Was I not allowed to say that? Is is no, that a bad word? It's fine. The, okay, no, it's okay. fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I heard that the, the FCC. I don't know if you have FCC rules, but I think I heard you can say that now. <laughs> yeah, but, I definitely um, can say it on our show. No problem. But, <laughs> have to go with now, that. how about for you though? Have the cards? saved your life have they gotten you uh to look at something you you weren't looking at before that could have been disastrous no. for you or health-wise um, could have been dangerous uh i could give you a couple instances i mean two things are coming to mind um the, the shortest story i'll tell first and that is that um in um in 2001 I was an executive, I was a marketing executive, and I had a business trip in New York City. On uh, I was leaving on September 10th, 2001, and I pulled a card and I said, um, what's my trip going to be like? And I pulled the tower, which if you've oh seen boy. the tower, is one of the most <laughs> frightening tarot cards. Nice. And I said to myself, great. I'm going to have a fight with my boss because I was having some tenuous kind of relations with my boss. And uh, so I got on the airplane and I flew into town. And on September 11th in downtown Manhattan, we made our way to the conference room. And about halfway through our conference meeting, someone tapped on the door and said, you're going to want to look out the window. A plane's just hit the World Trade Center. And uh, (laughs) that was um, quite the shock. Um, and we were stuck for days, and needless to say, it was a terrible time, as the tower is, you know. The tower mm-hmm. is sudden and shocking and something to be feared. Um, but my real story around the tarot, I would say, happened in graduate school because when I was um, in my poetry class uh, studying the work of Sylvia Plath, who I always felt a kinship with ever again ever since I was about 16 when I read the bell jar uh but mm-hmm. I, as a as an adult and when when I became a poet 
I really fell in love with her poetry. Like The Bell Jar, fine, great novel, but it's her poetry that speaks to me. And when I was looking at this, these poems um, in, her, in her book, Ariel, I said to my professor, you know, Dr. Schreiner, what's with all the tarot symbolism? I, I can't find anything about it. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, look, this is, you know, the empress. This is the emperor. This is clearly, you know, the lovers. This is clearly the hermit. And I'm pointing out all of the stuff in Platt's poems. And he looked at me like I was crazy, you know. And he goes, and he goes, I've never heard anything about this. And he goes, I want this to be your semester end project. And I said, oh. okay. And then it became my life's work. So what I found out was that you had to be both a tarot card reader and a Sylvia Plath scholar to know what her poems really do. And that she, you know, I don't know if you know anything at all about Plath. She's quite famous. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow starred in a movie called Sylvia about her. But she's famous for her suicide and her drama. Right. And mm-hmm. her, she was very beautiful, and she had a very gorgeous husband who was a real philanderer, and there was just all of this, uh, all of this drama around them. Well, when you focus on that, you know, you're missing her genius. And it really, for, for whatever reason, um, I was called to find this, and I'm the first person, the only person, to find this, you know, it's been over 50 years since she's been dead. I was born in 1963, the year she died. I was born nine months after she died. I do not believe I am her reincarnated, although I do believe we're all one. Um, I do believe she helps me, and I have heard her in an auditory way um, a, a couple times in, in critical moments where I was almost going to give up on the work and she wouldn't let me. <laughs> But, um, like, you're going to finish this. But Did she have a, yeah. a close friend when she was alive? Oh, she a had close some. girlfriend? She had some. But may, uh, not really so much girlfriends, you know. Um, she worshipped her husband, and he was deeply into the occult and mysticism, and he taught her everything he knew. And this is all oh. documented, and, and his work has been widely studied for occult, um, you know, mystical influences. But um, for some reason, you know, just being a female, they've held her to her drama, and they've never looked at her work in this light. And it's it's crazy. But um, I am so blessed, and I have found so much. And so my, my first three books are, are all about this. And then I have another book coming out with Destiny Books, in uh, May 2024 called The Occult Sylvia Plath. And I, I think that with this really great publisher that I have right now, I think this is really going to get some attention in the way that my earlier books did. And um, my first was a university press um, that uh, published Fixed Stars, Govern a Life, Decoding Sylvia Plath. And then I have two smaller press um, editions after that. But, uh, but I am... Um, really excited that the world is is going to see uh, that there's a lot more to PLAS than anybody has realized. It's 15 years of archival research. And um, and if I, you know, I've gotten so many signs that I'm on PASS. And, um, and in May of 2021, I was even uh, bestowed, I, I, I have to say it like that because it just feels like such a gift, um, a hermetic caduceus, which is basically a magic wand that Sylvia Plath herself carved out of wood in summer camp when she was 15 years old, and it's got oh, her initials goodness. in it and everything. And oh. uh, and I'm sure it's worth a fortune because her her tarot cards were auctioned off um, in 2020 for over $200,000, and she oh, didn't make those. Yeah. So can you imagine something that she's made? So yeah, magic um, so wand I am, from her. Yeah, um, the uh, a family friend who is pretty elderly now wanted the right person to have it, and he wanted somebody who appreciated her mysticism, and um, and here I am, and uh, a friend of a friend connected us, and 
such a blessing. So it is it is kept in a in a safe, of course. <laughs> but it's uh, but I have pictures of it on Instagram and and my Twitter and and my Facebook and um and and if anybody wanted to see it, um you know certainly they could reach out to me and I could either send pictures or make an appointment or something. But um yeah, it's uh, it's pretty incredible and I just feel like the luckiest person in the world that that she picked me. Oh, wonderful! What this is an amazing, amazing story. A big part of your life, obviously. I think that yeah. next book that you're about to uh, have published would be an even better movie about her and the depth of who she <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, sure. You know, because as yeah, you're talking yeah. about her, I'm getting a sense of how dramatic even her. Yeah, just the way that she spoke. So it would be easy for people to get caught up in that, and especially yes. at that time, and see her as a somewhat of a, a drama queen or as she should have been an actress kind of thing. But, yeah. God, yeah. here she had all of this in-depth knowledge that she was able to use in her own way. And, oh, my gosh, what yeah. a great movie oh, that she- would be. She made me a better tarot card reader. I mean, my my work with with Plath and her poems, and and to learn what a poem could do, and that she was able to embed a minimum of six different meanings in one set of words, depending on if you were looking through the lens of tarot or Kabbalah or alchemy or mythology or or arts and humanities or or just history. I mean, she she made her words do this sextuple duty. Um, I've never seen anything like it in anyone else's poetry, and I've studied a lot of poetry. Um, I'm a poet myself, and I, I you know, and I, I guess that's all a part of it. But I feel like all of the all of the tarot of the earlier decades, you know, from from my teens, twenties, thirties. Uh, and part of my 40s were my training ground to open up the class work, um, which was the latter part of my 40s and 50s. And um, so now here I am looking 60 years old in the eye. I'll be 60 on Sunday. And um, and I just feel okay. like it's uh, all, all just this beautiful climax. And, um, yeah, I, I'm very excited for how the world's going to take this. And I've had some really great early reviews. And, um, yeah, so so maybe you'll have me back to talk about that when that Of course out. we will. Are you yes. kidding me? We have to have you back to talk about this. Now, is when that. is this book going to be coming out? This is May 2024. May and I'm recording 20, okay. the audio book for it now. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see you in May. <laughs> we will see you then, absolutely. I'm going to definitely be talking to Gail about this. That is so exciting. And, and your work, I mean, it just feels like it's so momentous. It's like something so powerful is going to be in front of the yeah. world with this book. Yeah, she chose Gosh. me. And and when you're called, when you have a calling, you just got to respond, you know. <laughs> yes. Like it, in, in some ways... You know, some people think, "My God, Julia, you know, you're, you're, you never stop." And and don't you want to have a normal vacation instead of going to <laughs> speak to universities or you know? But it, it's just in me; it's what I have to do. And um, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's just meant to be wonderful. Yes, it's so <laughs> exciting you. to hear what you're doing. Oh my goodness! And who's your publisher for this book? So um, both books is Destiny Books, which is a subsidiary of Inner Traditions. And uh, and even that was, you know, just this sort of mystical blessing because right around COVID when I was thinking, when I got the idea of putting Tarot Life Lessons together from my journals, uh, I got a fan letter on Instagram from a writer, uh, Tamara Lucid, who told me she'd been reading my plath work and she loved it and oh. she just couldn't believe that that people hadn't found it yet and we started to get friendly chatting back and forth and I she asked if I had any other projects and I told her that I was doing this tarot book and she said 
why don't you, she said, I'm going to give you an introduction to this editor I know. I think it might be perfect. And so she introduced me to John Graham over at Inner Traditions. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And he snatched it up, snatched it up in, in felt like minutes. Like, you know, it was like he, he read it almost right away. And next thing I had a book contract. And then uh, they wanted to talk to me about this class work. And I sent that over, and they accepted that. So, I mean, I have never felt more in alignment. And this was all the same same time, roughly, I mean, within the same year, I should say within a year's time, <laughs> that I got the Hermetic Caduceus. And, <laughs> you know, it was oh, my like gosh. Con- constant affirmations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really nice. Right. Yeah. One gift after another. How inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, and John has good instincts for good books, so I'm not surprised oh, that he I have had, picked up on yours. I've had, yeah, I've had the best experience with with the Inner Traditions Gang. I mean, I my first publication with a, a university press, which shall go unnamed. I mean, anyone could look it up if they wanted to. Um, but you know, you have this idea with a university that you're going to get this really attentive grad student who who maybe wants to make a name for themselves and and work really hard. But the reality is that you've got this class of undergraduates who don't know what they're doing. They're only there for six months. Half of them don't care at all. They just want to get the credit and get out of there. They, you know, as soon as they're done with their semester, they're gone, and a new bunch of clueless people who don't know anything about it takes over. (laughs) And so things were getting lost and, you know, even to the point that the, oh, well, you know what, I don't, I don't want to put my energy into complaining about them. But, um, but I did write about it. Uh, There's an article on Medium called um, How to Know If You Have a Bad Publisher. (laughs) Oh, good. Good morning the rest of us. I think it's, I think it's ten signs that they, you have a bad publisher. I think that's what I called it. But if you look me up, Julia Gordon Bramer over on Medium, you can read it and see all my horror stories with them. Okay. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's awful. Well, you survived it. That's the important part. But now you have inner yeah. traditions, and they are very, very good. Yes. What What does Nietzsche say? You know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Julia, about the major arcana cards. Now, can uh-huh. people use tarot cards to transform themselves just by meditating on them? So say they pull a card well, from the major arcana yeah. and they meditate on that card. Can people actually have positive changes happen from that? I think so. Um, you know, and, and an example of my own that I'll give you there, when I was in um, my first, uh, the divorce from my first husband, uh, that was the worst time of my life. I mean, I think divorces are the worst time of anybody's life. It's, yeah. It really makes you yeah. raw and, and it's very painful. And I honestly wasn't sure I was going to survive it. I was a single mom making about $20,000 with no child support and a violent, abusive ex. And uh, and it was pretty rough. And I took out my strength card, which if you look at the strength card, it's this beautiful woman and she's taming a lion. And uh, I like to say she tames the beast. And, and she does it not with brutality, but she does it with love and gentleness and and I put that strength card under my pillow every night, <laughs> and I would look at oh. it before I went to bed. And, and and it's not that I thought it was a talisman that was going to give me strength so much as I wanted to keep my mind on it and to know mm-hmm. that I embodied it and that, you know, again, as a child of God, it's a part of me. God's a part of me. I've got this. And um, and sometimes I forget, and uh, and in the scariest times, you know, I was forgetting. So it was a reminder. So every card has wonderful wisdom that you could meditate on, uh, and every card has mythological stories. And mythology's got a ton of wisdom in it too. Um, I mean, all of our 
complexes, like, you know, our psychiatric complexes. They're all named after mythological characters and situations, you know, Electra complex, Oedipal, you know, all right. of that. But, um, but uh, so there's, there's a lot of information in there that you could meditate on. I am not a believer that they are magical in and of themselves, that they can change us, like, without us doing anything. Um, mm-hmm. I think the magic is really in us and our spirit and our mindset and what we put our mind on grows. And so we want to grow the good and we want to, you know, learn and heal. And uh, and the cards can be an excellent tool for that. But, you know, I, I don't think if you put a, a card in your pocket, it's going to fix you in any way. You know, no, if, if that no, were true, it would have been discovered a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody would be doing it. No, I, I agree exactly. with you. I think that's absolutely true. What I think is also important about tarot cards and the symbolism is, like you said, keeping your mind focused on the strength. You were in a place in your life where you really needed the strength to pull out of it and to get on with your life in a, a better way. I think the cards also help to create those pathways in your mind because we all have those pathways that are just like a hamster wheel and it's yeah, uh-huh. very hard to break that. Yeah. But I do think that tarot cards with their powerful symbolism can help us with that. So it creates sure. those new tracks that get, can get laid it, down it in can... the brain and go. Yeah, it can just show you a different way to do it or a different way to think about something. And, uh, exactly. And, and exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's where I find it helpful because sometimes words don't cut it. You know, words can yeah. seem to bring us back to the same wheel that we just are trying so right. desperately to get off. So and the, you know, the people ask mean, me all, mean a lot. Yeah, yeah, and people ask me all the time, they say, could you just give a psychic reading without the tarot cards? And uh-huh. I think I probably could, um, but I like the cards because of those pictures, because you can read it with me that way. And you can see, you know, uh, uh, we all learn differently, and some people are better audi- audibly, and some people are better with pictures, and, you know, and it's both, and it, it's more experiential. And I can... Like I was telling you about that nine of swords, that lady sitting crying in the dark room, I can show that and break it down in front of my client, and then they're sort of like, oh, right, you know, and uh, it makes a kind of a sense that, um, you know, maybe if I just said you're repressing, <laughs> you know, that wouldn't feel the same, and it might not it even wouldn't. ring true. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You might get that defiance rather than an understanding. Yes. Sure. Yeah, that's that's right. So it makes it makes a big difference. Well, Julia, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you because I have a lot of people texting me asking that question because they oh, do awesome. want a reading from yeah. you. Great, great. Well, um they can they can call or text me at three one four five one seven zero one five eight. They can uh, check out my website, which I have to warn you is under construction right now. So, but but it, it it's got like a functional, you know, it, it's it's kind of half there, but it isn't it isn't totally updated yet. Um, but that is my name, Julia Gordon Bramer dot com. There are there's no hyphen, there's no periods. Um, G O R D O N B as in boy, R A M as in Mary, E R dot com. Terrific. And your book is is something everybody should get and read all these wonderful (laughs) stories. So everybody, go find that book. It'd be a great Christmas present or Hanukkah present or any kind of present. Yeah. I'm getting some nice reviews on Amazon uh, and and Goodreads. So you can read a little bit on the reviews of what some of the readers are saying. Oh, well, that's right. great. And again, the, the name of the book is Tarot Life Lessons. So, Julia, thank you so much for joining us this evening. This has been a great conversation. Nice hey, to yes, meet you. It was and a pleasure. Of course we're going to have to have you back to hear about Sylvia Plath and all of the wondrous uh-huh. things that she created. And thank God that you found uh-huh. them and you're bringing them back to huh. us. Wonderful. Well, 
Thank you. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Um, happy uh, Thank moving into the sign of Sagittarius, which is my sign. And, uh, right. and I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season. Absolutely. Thank happy you. Thanksgiving, everybody. Thank you. And we'll yeah. be back next week, everybody, with another great show. And until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls.